Welcome to CruxCast. Whether you're in your car, at work, or at home, we hope you enjoy this interview. And if you do, you can find more like it on cruxinvestor.com. So please subscribe. We caught up earlier today with Rob McLeod, CEO of Heatherdale Resources. Seemed to be a name change. I won't spoil the surprise. Um, they have picked up a, a project from uh, HDI. They're reinterpreting the geological data and they've done a little bit of drilling, waiting for assay results to come out. Talk through uh, his business plan, thoughts on how they move this company forward. Uh, raised some money last August. Going to need to raise again uh, sometime soon. So if you want our thoughts and opinions on that conversation, the company, um, you can check that out at cruxinvestor.com forward slash club. We can also find detailed company reports and analysis. There are commentaries from experts from around the world on a variety of commodities uh, in our weekly shows and also some companies. Uh, plus, we have uh, training courses on there to help you with your diligence process. We also did summaries of interviews that we've done just to save you some time because we know you're busy. And if you want to join a thriving community of investors sharing their thoughts and ideas with each other in a nice, friendly, safe environment, free from trolling and abuse and judgment, um, go and join them at cruxinvestor.com forward slash club. I hope you think that sounds nice because it really is. Rob, how are you doing, sir? Uh, I'm great. Thanks for having me on, Matt. Well, glad to have you on. Thank you very much for coming on talking. Uh, tell us about uh, your lovely company, Heatherdale Resources. Uh, first of all, uh, where in the world are you? Uh, so I am currently in North Vancouver, British Columbia, in my home province. I'm a third generation miner from uh, BC, originally from Stewart, BC, right in the heart of the Golden Triangle. Wowzers, wowzers, third generation. You must know a thing or two. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Right. Uh, why don't we kick off, give us that one minute overview of your business, then I'll pick it up from there. Yeah, you bet. So I'm uh, the CEO of Heatherdale uh, Resources. We are uh, uh, currently exploring an advanced stage copper, gold, silver, and zinc deposit located in Southeast Alaska. But part of our greater uh, business model is not only to continue to explore and grow the size of that deposit, but to look at other uh, opportunities that would be synergistic with, uh, with NIBLAC and uh, potentially with like a hub and spoke uh, mill and tailings type um, uh, type scenario. Okay, well, well, let's get into the business plan in a second. So um, here are you, what's your experience? Third generation mining, I get it, but in what context? Yeah, so I'm I'm a geologist by, uh, by training. I spent sort of the first decade working. Uh, usually I kept going further and further north. So Alaska, Yukon, Northern British Columbia, up in Nunavut, spent actually quite a bit of time down, down in Nevada, uh, but started uh, the, the junior game in the early 2000s. My first big win was I was the uh, founder of VP Exploration for Underworld Resources, which made a big gold discovery in 2009 up in the Yukon. And we sold that company to Inros. And my most recent uh, company was IDM Mining, which had an advanced stage uh, gold project outside of my hometown of Stewart called Red Mountain. And uh, two years ago, um, that company was acquired by Ascot Resources, which is uh, currently doing this uh, similar hub and spoke type operation uh, with, uh, with their premier project, uh, which is, is actually somewhat inspiring to uh, what we want to do on the base metal side with Niblock. Okay, and did, the examples you gave, uh, under, Underworld, um, did you make money for shareholders though? I get the acquisition bit, 
Talk us through what the what the deals look like for shareholders. So, oh, so yeah, Underworld was was a big win for our our subscribers. We had a great share structure uh, going in. Actually, it was you know it, we really made the discovery in two thousand and eight, right when markets were crashing. You know, we had a discovery hole that was shut down halfway into the ore body and stuff, and it wasn't really in two thousand nine that things took off. It didn't take long, and that was a super hot market coming out of the uh, uh, the Great Recession. Uh, for for 2010 when when we were uh, acquired now with with IDM Mining um, you know to be honest uh, learn a lot from that that company we did everything right on the technical side grew a resource did a feasibility study got everything permitted um, but it was uh, it was really challenging market so um, it was uh, uh, it was the type of transaction where you know combining the the synergies between the two projects. Um, was so compelling that you had to take that that opportunity to shareholders. So it was a good example for me, by far the biggest one, maintain that share structure is the most important thing that you can do as a, as a CEO. Avoid financing with warrants, you know, get, don't have that type of overhang. And, you know, it's like everything we do in life is try to do things better and better each time. So uh, IDM was a success, but in terms of being massive win for shareholders, uh, in full honesty, it wasn't. Okay. So, I mean, t- to that point, and, and I'm going to bounce around a bit here initially until we kind of get into it, but you raised some money recently, about $5.8 million. So you're saying no warrants attached? Yeah, no. So we, we have a little over 22 million shares outstanding and like, you know, it's at, uh, 24 fully diluted. So just with, with some stock options and, and, and a few broker uh, warrants. But you know, I'm uh, warrants really kill company momentum. I'm not a big fan of them. They're like as an investor, I like them because they're you know free roll of the dice, but they end up being an overhead. They they can really kill the the momentum in a stock. So so nope, we uh, we're 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 keeping it tight and doing discounted finance. And you did a rollback as well along the way, so which helps. Okay, understood. So nice tight share structure, balance sheet nice and tidy right now. Yeah, and and uh, so what what we did with that we closed that financing last fall. Uh, we uh, started rehabilitation for there's like a full size production uh, underground ramp on this property to uh, facilitate underground drilling. However, there was and um, I, I'm going to uh, give full credit to to two geologists that were working under the previous management. In fact, one was a master's student that really made a big geological breakthrough on the Niblack project subsequent to the last round of drilling. And this is what to our team was really compelling. Do, do you mind if we come, we come, I want to kind of get the same sequential order because I want to work out what I'm buying into here. I want, what's the big idea yeah. in your head, okay? So you, how long have you been at it in this company, Heatherdale in its current form? And I want to get into the business plan. What are you setting out to try to be? Because you've used the phrase where you're dealing with an advanced stage project and that means lots of things to different people. Yeah. So let, let's get back to the beginning. What do you set out to try and build? So um, I, uh, the, the, uh, the genesis for our current management team's involvement in this company is that Heatherdale Resources was prior to me taking over as CEO in June, was essentially dormant for almost seven or eight years. Uh, it was uh, managed out of the Hunter Dickinson group of companies here in Vancouver, um, they, uh, during when times kind of got tough on, uh, on the market side, they focused on a few other companies. So 
there's a bunch of related party debt that we had purchased and we had converted into shares. Yes, we 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 rolled it back uh, and uh, financed the company, and the new the new company came in. But it was you know this uh, this uh, new theological interpretation, this how this project and the vehicle itself, the, the company, could really fit into what our vision is, which is for a hub and spoke type, high grade, base metal driven. Uh, um, series of operations located in in uh, southeast Alaska or northwest BC. So you're taking a HDI hand-me-down, and you're going to try and do something with it. Is that the idea? Yeah, so we we took that related party debt, bought it, converted it into the in, in, into shares. We'll be changing the name of it as well too. What better way of burying the bodies than a good name change? So we're going to be changing changing to uh, a black gold, copper, and gold uh, uh, in uh, in the next month. Say that, say that again. What are you going to call it? Black, black wolf, copper, and gold. Black wolf, copper, and gold. Sounds terrifying. Yeah. yeah uh, so um, it, it, you know, a bit of a, a personal story. Uh, uh, outside Stewart is a very small, remote community in Northwest BC. And there are two wolf packs that populate the area. One is like your typical gray wolves, and there's another that are black. And um, uh, I, when I was a kid, I was terrified of wolves. Uh, you'd hear them howling as I'm laying in bed at night. I'd like go sprinting out to start the fire in the morning. You'd see them walking into work, and I've always had a fasc- fascination with them. But it's also, you know, kind of my spirit animal is a vizsla. That's a completely and not vizsla resources. That's a complete different side. But uh, my second spirit animal would be wolf. So that black wolf was the inspiration. So you're, you're, you're terrified of your spirit animal. I like that. Well, I was when I was a kid. Right. Oh, still a little bit, I guess. I, going. I think I was frightened of clowns. I'd like to see a, a resource company called Clown Resources. But I think there's a few CEOs who act like it, but I haven't got, got the naming right there yet. Um, but let's talk about you. <laughs> Just about you, right? So you, you you've taken an asset which was let, let's say it wasn't in favor of HDI. Okay, they they this was something that they chose not to focus on. You th- you see something different though, and you've you've labeled it as advanced stage. What does that actually mean? So it, 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 advanced stage is that there's there's been a lot of sunk costs on. There's uh, a significant uh, current resource. Most of it's in the indicated category. About six million tons of indicated resources. 1.7% uh, uh, copper uh, or grams gold, little under percent copper plus 4% thing, uh, ounce of silver, um, and then about 3 million tons of, of inferred resources. So there's already a substantial base. There's that full-size production ramp. It's located right on tidewater. But where the big, what, what we saw as the real opportunity was on this, this, new, uh, this new geological interpretation, which is really quite clever and some really good science that was done by by some pretty impressive geologists uh, subsequent to the last round of drilling. But let's, let's, so let, you've got to tell me more about this one because the amount of stories that go, go around, the amount of mines that go around the block three, four times, the stories come into market and someone's going to reinterpret the data and it's always going to be better. What's so different about yours? So... Uh, the the uh, the interpret now. I remember actually some of the discoveries out here because I used to work for uh, uh, a Lac Minerals, which was a gold miner back in the 1990s. And I remember when what the discovery hole for one of the zones out there um, uh, was cored. Uh, my old boss, a guy named Barra Field McVeigh, poured a bottle of scotch down the drill hole. 
uh, we're surprised you didn't filter it through his kidney first. But uh, anyways, it was this this big breakthrough, and big, 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 wide intercepts of of uh, of massless sulfide. But and nice and coarse, really good looking stuff. But it's folded over on itself. So it's like, you know, you have to be a really clever geologist that knows your structural geology to make some breakthroughs. So they, the project would get a whole bunch of traction. Steve Toderick was running it in the 90s and really grew the resource. And then kind of they run out of steam. And then uh, Patty Nickel came in in the 2000s, really made some progress and then started to run out of cash and, and, and steam. And then this master's thesis came in and said, you know what, I'm, you know, I'm going to do some really good geology here, this, this student. And he did precise radiometric age dates. Now, this is a VMS, a black smoker type system that formed, you know, 550 million years ago at the bottom of the ocean. So he took age dates of all the different host rocks, like a layer cake. And what he found out is the whole sequence is overturned. And so the interpretation that you have, if it's right side up, it's like, you know, take a piece of paper or a towel or something and flip it over. You have a completely different strike extent. You drill it completely differently. So we tested this last fall uh, with our, our drilling program in around, this is a historic producer from a hundred years ago. And they thought that there was this antiform, a pool that's like an upside down U. So it's bound by a fault on one side, and it's eroded away on the other. So there was just little, one little limb. Based on this new interpretation, we came in and we said, this one particular zone, the old mine, is shaped like a U. So we verified it. Uh, we got those results that are coming out in, in, uh, in April. I'm not a fan of disclosing visual results, even if it's a massive sulfide type project, but it was a big, big geological eureka moment for uh, for this project. So, you know, based on everything we see, we've got, you know, I, I, I can see potential and with the, all the disclaimers in the world, what do we want to try and grow the thing to is based on the strike extent, based on the, the history of comparable deposits like um, Greens Creek, which is Heckler's big mine in Alaska, which is located north of us. It's a different age, different belt, but that started with 3 million tons. Now it's over 30. Myra Falls in Vancouver Island, similarly, started off just a couple of million tons. Now it's probably around 50 million tons. So you get the geology figured out, you keep chasing that layer, and more, more tons will come. So we, we, that's, it's that exploration upside we're super excited about. Right, okay. So you, and you've got, a bit, you've got a little bit of money in the back. How much money have you got now? Uh, so we are just moving out to drill again as of, I think this is the end of January. It's just a, a, at the uh, end of February, we had like 1.8 or so. Right. Okay. So, so a lot of rehabilitation on the site. Right. Okay. So, so you've so done a lot of rehabilitation. You've done some drilling. Because I guess what you're going to need to tell the market, what you need, need to tell people like me is when you kind of got more confirmation of your the, the, the theory you have around the, the geological setting there. So we're talking what, April? We'll, we'll get to know here. Uh, so that's when we have assays results. We, we disclosed back in January um, uh, our findings more on the geological side. Um, this is only one area of the, of the property that we drilled. Where we didn't, because thing, we were really happy with the way the, this drilling was going in this one area, we did not go to drill actually what was our primary target, which is drilling down depth from the main ore body. 
you know, how do you want to grow it? Keep on drilling further down dip. So uh, we'll be moving out there this month to um, uh, continue to drill to, to, to grow the deposit, following up on previous high-grade hits, also be drilling out a long strike. So, you know, these will be more accretive exploration program or drilling. The round we did in, in the fall was to try and find yet an additional zone that we could add an updated uh, uh, resource. Right. The, the difficulties with smaller, I mean, what do you like to say, 17, 18 million market cap with, you know, just under $2 million cash available to you is you've got to try and achieve a lot. You've got to manage market expectations. You, the, the geology is something that you want to try and understand do the best geology possible, but sometimes you need headlines. So how do you, because you're going to need to raise money soon, presumably, to do all the things you want to do. You've got a big land package. You're polymetallic. Yeah. So that in itself brings problems. So there's lots of different aspects that you're going to need to try and manage. So I, I'm intrigued as to how you move this thing forward, you know, if you do go and raise money, because I'm looking, you've been sort of flatlining since, let's say July, you you know, people got excited about what you what you were doing at the beginning of last year, even despite COVID, positive um, precious metal environment, admittedly, but it's been flatlined. So people are not understanding the story yet, right? Because they expect more information from you, more data from you, and that's going to cost you money to do that. So, how, how do you see this thing going forward? How do you manage this process as a, you know, small junior, eighteen million market cap junior? So, these companies move well. There's different ways you can move it. You can promote it, and you can really promote it, and you can start getting the, that momentum going. But eventually, that comes back on you. So, we did not elect to do that type of strategy. Where you get momentum is from results. And so, you know, of course, every drill you hole, you're rolling the dice. Some are some are pretty good odds, some are, are long shot. Once we start getting some traction with drill results, and actually you combine that with marketing, is that's when we're going to get some momentum. Like the, the, the valuation, of course, for the company right now is, is way undervalued. You know, anybody, you look at a comparable look of a group of peers, there you go. Like this is, we just released metallurgy. You know, that can be a big bugaboo for polymetallic deposits. Actually, I like to call it, it's like binary. It doesn't, good metallurgy doesn't make your stock go up, but a bad metallurgy can sure make it go down. So great metallurgy, but this is also, it's a bulk mineable ore bot. And so, you know, I, um, uh, I understand you really like to educate your, your viewers in, in terms of, you know, all the different aspects that they should look at. And uh, it is, uh, it's a wide ore body. It's up to 100 meters wide underground. So you can do low cost, you know, long hole scoping, the type of bulk mining that uh, the producers want to have. So, and, you know, the other major, major component where I think that these type of high grade projects on the base metal side, uh, that uh, are really going to become in, in vogue over the next, you know, decade is that number one, they're not only high margin, but they're low environmental impact, low capital cost. It's like your choice between a big, big open pit gold mine or a high grade narrow vein underground mine. Those are often easier to compare. And it's the, the ones that have the high margins, the Fosterville's of the world. Those are the ones that everybody wants to own. You look at the base metal side, what has been the best performing copper company over the past several years? Hero, no question, high grade underground. So that's the type of asset, not in, not just Niblack, but 
other one. So answer your main question, drill results, further marketing, getting that momentum going. That's And then, well, of course, we'll be doing subsequent raises as uh, uh, as we move along. We originally thought we'd have our results by now, but um, ALS said mid mid April, so that's changing a little bit for us. So, no, I appreciate that answer. I really, I really do, Rob. But it's kind of like name dropping success cases is, is one thing. I'm trying to work out what have you learned from, say, those case studies, those success cases, which you can apply to the way that you go about it. Because you know, if it's relying on what's coming out of the drill bit, then that's a kind of you know, it's a bit, it's a bit hopeful strategy. What are the bits that you can control in terms of the way that you move this thing forward? So, because at some point soon, you're going to have to walk into some institutions or existing shareholders or new shareholders and say, "Do you know what? We've got enough confidence around what it is that we've done so far to tell you how we're going to move this thing forward this year. We just need another, I don't know, X million dollars to do that." And they're going to go, "Yeah, no problem." So, you need to give them a high degree of confidence of how you move this thing forward. And what I'm trying to trying to get at is the detail. And I appreciate you kind of give everything that, away, that but path, I want more. What is your path to a production decision? And, and is it a production that, oh, you're going to build it um, or are you going to sell it? And it's the same path. So this is how we outline how you're going to permit it, how you're going to do the social and community engagement, how you're going to have the indigenous groups involved, how you're going to engineer it, mine it, hydrology, what is your path for the economic studies and those, the timeline for those and the path for, uh, uh, for, for permitting. So we will be outlining those in the, the coming months. That is what particularly the institutional investors really want to see. Retail, drill results, institutional investors, path to production. So we it is our intent to uh, uh, to, to appeal to both. Right, okay. So I've had no denials when I keep saying you're going to need to raise some money soon. So are you going to raise some money soon? Absolutely. Yeah, we're, we're, we are looking at actually just doing even a, a, a top rate. We want to get back, we're going to be back drilling this month. And we don't want to be getting, you know, below a million bucks when those results come out because, you know, that's what the institutions know that they have you and they're going to try and grind you for a cheaper price or a unit. So, but we have some very good, strong institutional shareholders such as Delbrook Capital out of Vancouver, uh, Crestcat, which has had all sorts of momentum and really like BMS systems, SK Mining, you know, is one of uh, uh, one that hey, they, they've had a big win on. So it'll, you know, we'll likely do uh, a small top up raise over the next couple of months. Um, uh, and then see what the market thinks of the drill results from from the Niblack zone. And then there'll be continuous news drill results that should be coming out over the, the subsequent quarter. I think that'll be interesting. If there's going to be continuous results coming out, then I think people get a, a sense of because the grades are not too bad actually. These are, these are you know it, it is what it is. You know um, I guess you know at some point you know people are going to want to see what this advanced stage project, as you call it. Uh, is capable of becoming, you know, getting some sense of not just what type of project is it, but when they're going to get an idea around the economics, you know. So, so you know, to, to be fully honest, what we're we'd really like to do over the next um, uh, several months is to de-risk, uh, show a, a de-risk 
profile for this company. Um, the, uh, the deposit is located right next to the ocean on Prince of Wales Island. There is no space there for a mill and tailings facility. You have to barge the ore somewhere. And barging is something that's, you know, it was done a hundred years ago to success. Actually, this, you know, all throughout the, uh, the uh, Pacific Northwest. So we've been looking at areas in Canada. There's an existing site already outside of Ketchikan that um, uh, has a, uh, a pre-approved low interest loan from the state of Alaska if you choose to go ahead and develop at that site. Uh, this is a state of Alaska incentive for developing mining projects. But we are looking at other sites maybe that might have some existing permits that would show up for the path. Uh, that would be less environmental risk in, in, in places. So there, we are steadily working on the, that, um, uh, that, that aspect to the, the project because, you know, hey, I, I won't sugarcoat it. Working in federal lands in, in, in the United States, doesn't matter if you're in Alaska or Idaho or Nevada or any of the pro mining states, takes a while. So we're, we're looking at some options where we can de-risk that. Okay, I'm, I'm glad you said that because that's where we're, where we're going with the next questions. Um, the, the, the other bit of this is because you talk about, um, you know, six potential VMS zone targets as, as well. But right now, with the money you've got, you know you've got to focus and, and you're going to focus. And that focus on is Niblack, is it? Uh, we're, yeah, we're focusing on Niblack drilling getting drill results out, that is going to what's, uh, that's what re our retail shareholders want to see. That's what new retail investors are going to want to see. And doing it in the high impact areas, not only for new discoveries, uh, such as in the case of where we just drilled, we just need the assays, but additionally to keep on expanding the, the, the current deposits. They are sitting, if your viewers go to our website to see the PowerPoint, you can see where these planned holes are. These are right next to big, wide, high-grade intercepts that, you know, are pretty obvious places to go and drill and to incrementally add tonnage. And again, it's a big, wide deposit. So successful drill holes add a lot of tons to this system. So, you know, we, we, we want to really start showing that momentum, not only for existing ore bodies, but to discover uh, uh, some new ones. Finally, um, we will be doing some geophysical work on the property as well, too. There hasn't been any uh, induced polarity work, which is one of the most effective geophysical tools for exploring massive sulfides. There hasn't been any work done on the property since 1993, and it was all localized to one area. So there's one area that we're going to be following up on. Actually, it was where the bottle of scotch was poured down, uh, the, uh, uh, the drill collar, where there's a 19-meter intercept that was over 6% copper that has not been followed up. So pretty rare to see those. Uh, so uh, we're going to do some geophysics around that and, uh, and, uh, and do some drilling later on in the summer. Okay. And finally, from me, um, how much have you invested? How much of your own cold hard cash have you put in? Oh, in, in this? Um, about a quarter of a million dollars. Okay. And that's meaningful. And more more to come. It's you keep powder dry for uh, for uh, uh, for, for, for financing. So, um, and, um, uh, uh, the same with the rest of our, our, our team have all put a lot of skin in the game. Okay. So what am, what are management sitting on? 
Uh, so uh, we've got about sixteen uh, percent. Okay, meaningful. Good. Thank you. Yeah. Rob, I appreciate that. That's a nice little run through of where you're at. A uh, lot going on. A lot more things need to happen. Um, nice asset. I like I, I like the uh, no over promotion, but we see a lot of a lot of uh, pumping and. Oh, well, there's a few so. shareholders that wish I was over promoting a little bit. Not me. Not me. <laughs> Um, look, beautiful, Rob. Appreciate your time. You stay in touch and uh, come back soon. Let us know how you get on with it, because obviously it looks like um, it's got a, got a ways to go, but it's a lot of potential too. We we, we do have a lot of things uh, pending uh, as as well too. I'm somewhat try to allude to things that we are working on, but it's going to be an exceptionally busy next quarter for us, uh, which. Um, uh, the, the, the path for success for this company and for stakeholders will be clear. Thank you for listening. If you've enjoyed the interview, why not subscribe to Cruxcast or our website, cruxinvestor.com and of course our YouTube channel, Crux Investor. Plus you can catch us most days on Twitter and LinkedIn. We really love getting your feedback, so please keep it coming and we'll speak to you again soon.